780-496-0063-403-974-8255. Those are the numbers. And these are your calls on what we heard from Todd Lowen, the UCP MLA and former caucus chair. He has stepped down from that position, and he is also calling on the Premier to step down as leader of the UCP party. Let's start with Marianne. Hi, Marianne. Marianne, we'll have it with Okay, Marianne, we'll give you a try in a second here. Let's go to John. Hi, John, how are you? Oh, I'm good, thanks. What do you think? Well, for instance, I've discovered through business that when somebody makes a Facebook uh, statement at 2 o'clock in the morning or an email, they're typically uh, pretty pie-eyed at that time, so I tend to ignore that. We can't go throwing that around. We have no idea what was going on. Well, people said that for the last four years about Trump sending out crackpot messages on social media at 2 in the morning. Okay, what's the point, John? I'm not going to sit here and let you say that he was drunk and that's why he sent out the Facebook post. That's ridiculous. No point? Okay, thanks, John. Uh, Let's go to Scott. Hi, Scott, how are you? Hey, well, I think the reason Jason Kenney's under fire, and and, and also Dita Hinshaw should be as well, is um, there's not a lot of science based in some of the things they're doing. And I'm sorry, but the CDC, who've done their own misleading messaging themselves, but the numbers that they show are that outside transmission is less than zero point, uh, less than point zero one percent of uh, of transmission of COVID, and yet you're punishing places like golf courses, you're punishing restaurants who have gone to great expense to put out patios, mm-hmm. and you haven't based it on any science. And I'm sorry, but those are the facts. So at some point, Jason Kenney should answer to real science, not answering to pressure. He should come out and put the messaging there strong that these are the numbers and we're going to keep patios open. We're going to keep outdoor services open, example, golf courses. Uh, we're, we're not going to uh, punish them and make them go to, you know, twosomes instead of foursomes. Let's get, let's, how about if reality starts to take over at some point here? Yeah, so you that's, know, my, that's my thoughts for the day. Thanks for your time. Yeah, you bet, Scott. Thanks very much. And, you know, when we had the Premier on the air uh, a couple of weeks back, I, I sort of pushed him on that and said, hey, if you have evidence, people are calling for the evidence. Why are you doing the things that you're doing? If you can stand up and say, okay, we're shutting down youth sports because of this, here's why. If we're shutting down patios, this is why we are shutting down patios. But I think a lot of people are just sort of, okay, well, why are you doing this? Give me some evidence. Give me some information. Why are you going ahead and doing what you're doing? Back it up with some data. That could go a long way. Maybe there is no data. I, I, I don't know. But I think he makes a good point in terms of you're making these decisions and we'll go along with the decision. If we have the evidence to back it up, let's go to Peter now. Hi, Peter. How are you? Oh, pretty good. You know, to be a leader, you, you got to have willing followers. And if you don't, then you're nothing more than a dictator. Uh, that's kind of a general statement, but it does apply a little bit here. Uh, I think Jason Kenney's trouble started two days after the leadership race. And the reason I say that is how can it be a united conservative party if all your opponents evaporate out of whatever reason, I think there should have been all kinds of accommodation for the other candidates to have been included in uh, the future party. And they weren't at that point. And I think things have gone somewhat sideways for a couple years since the leadership race. You think right from the beginning he's been reeling? uh, 
uh, he's he's been in trouble right from the beginning because because uh, you know how can you be united when all your opponents disappear? Yeah, I, I mean he's been getting it from also his opponents haven't disappeared; they're all around. <laughs> he's, everywhere he looks, he's got an well, opponent. Right? I know, and they're circling. <laughs> yeah, they are. They absolutely are. Yeah, Peter, thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing about Jason Kenny right now. I mean, he's got the opposition, which it's their job to be the opposition. That's what they're called. Uh, but he's also got the internal opposition. He, um, he, he he doesn't have a lot of friendly faces in Alberta right now. He's getting it from all sides. Let's check in with Judy and see what she thinks. Hi, Judy. Hey, um, I, you know, I'm not even sure where to start. I, I think that the fact that Jason Kenny is in the middle and he has 49% of the people that think that he's not doing a good enough job mm-hmm too easy or 49% too tough means he's actually making his own decisions and trying to look after the whole province. I I hear the people who are upset with the restrictions, and I agree. I think some of them are really stupid, too. But if he ignored that and just opened things wide up, he would be ignoring 50% of the population that's terrified. And if he shut everything down, he'd be ignoring 50% of the population that's saying, hey, this isn't impacting me. So I think he's trying to walk the middle ground, and I think he deserves some credit for that. Now, having said that, I appreciate that he comes from Ottawa, where the rule is you set the tone and everybody steps in line. And I don't think Alberta operates that way, and maybe there's a bit of a learning curve there on, I do need to listen to my guys more, and, I mean, he started doing um, Facebook time with members, and he started doing, yes, yep. I mean, that's, that's, that's new for him, and because he was our MP for years and years and years, and we would never hear from him, because we were a locked-in vote, and he had, you know, he had to be in touch with the immigrants in Ontario, and he had to be doing all of those other things, and there was that appreciation that, hey, he doesn't really need to listen to us right now, because he has the, uh, these other Right, he's doing do. other things, yeah. But, but I think I think now he you know he's he, I think he's trying to make that effort to listen and I I'm so appreciative of the fact that he allows dissent. I'm so sick of the federal system where there's one voice and if you don't toe to the line, you get kicked out. I mean I just uh, yeah, but it's a people tough road, who, but but people who've been in politics and people who've watched politics, Judy, will tell you when you try and walk that line, try and be everything to everybody, you're going to fail. It doesn't work. You got to take a stand, right? That's but the you know what? I don't. Part. I don't. I I hear you. Except that I don't think he's trying to be everything to everybody. I think he's trying to do what yeah. he believes is right, which is the middle ground. And Fair and enough, I yeah. think that that is leadership. He's trying to find the middle ground and not cater to either of the edges. So he anyway, still has your support. You bet. Okay. Thank you, Jude. Appreciate okay. the call. Bye-bye. All right. Let's try Marianne again. I understand Marianne was ordering lunch last time I went to her. Marianne, are you ready to go? Oh, yeah. Okay. Sorry about that. Before. <laughs> no problem. Uh, what I want to say, first of all, Shay, you do a fantastic job of asking really tough, open-ended questions, and I think probably a lot of your audience members would sit there and say, yes, I'm glad he asked that question. Oh, I, pre- I, I try my hardest. I appreciate that. Thank you. But this morning when I heard this news, my, my first thought was, Todd who? And then my second thought was, I bet you this guy is a former Wild Roser. Looked him up. Sure enough. So there's still the Wild Rose malcontents mm-hmm. that are coming to the fore now. And uh, you know what? These people are not helping the conservative cause in Alberta, because sure enough, we're going to get NDP again, 
and enough people have lost jobs, their businesses have been damaged by the NDP. We don't need a repeat of this. This is selfishness and self-serving politics from this guy. Okay, Marianne, in terms of the political game that these people play, you couldn't be more right. Okay, they are absolutely cutting themselves off the knees and hurting their chances at re-election. But the other side of that, and the argument is, we're not just going to toe the party line. We were elected to represent our constituents. That's not being done. It is our job to speak up. They're speaking up, and then there's considering, you know, your whole voter base. Mm-hmm. And not everybody is just simply on the far right. You can't tell me that in his jurisdiction. Peace River area, where they're all saying uh, no masks whatsoever. I don't buy that. Okay. Thanks for the call, Mary, and I appreciate it. Um, you know, I mean, those are two strong arguments. First of all, if you're, if you're in politics, you're, you're playing the game. That, that's the job, right? And I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Politicians have one job before all other jobs. Get elected and stay elected. That's it. Nothing comes before that um, for most of them. So when they make a move like this, it hurts their chances of doing something like that because, as a number of you have said on the text line and on the phone line, the NDP are loving this. This is fantastic. When you've got uh, the governing party uh, cratering from the inside, you don't really have to do anything. You put your feet up and watch the show. Uh, But at the same time, especially in this conservative party where he has said he encourages the opposition and he encourages the voices from people who don't agree with what he's doing and he doesn't want to shut down that kind of discussion and they have a valuable role to play and they're representing their constituents. So those are two strong arguments because that's what they're there to do is represent their constituents. They're also there to get elected. And sometimes, as we're seeing right now, those two don't work well together. So how do you handle that situation? Let's get another one in here from Mel. Hi, Mel. Hey, good morning. Another great show. Thank you, sir. Anyway, uh, it comes down to true democracy. They turn around and the UCP party, including the leader and all the MLAs, meet together in a general caucus, everybody. They go over all the requests from individual MLAs. Everything gets voted on. Whatever the winning vote is on a decision, that's how the party is run. Instead of this constant backfighting and everything like that. And the problem being is we're such a diverse province, so many different ideas, and uh, but it has to be done on the whole caucus votes on any concerns from any MLAs. I know that would take a lot of time. Sure but, would, yeah, but it can be done. Yeah, and then whatever the vote turns out to be, that's what the decision is. And it it, it seems to me maybe that's too simple, uh, you know, simplistic. But that's that, the that... way it has to be. But you probably noticed the the country, the whole country, and in Alberta here specifically, there's too many me me people they're interested in themselves and not the whole picture we have to learn to get together you know yeah well hey i mean i'm sure jason kenny would agree with you 110 percent on that one mel Uh, a little party unity would go a long way uh for him right now i think probably allow him to sleep a little better at night